I was blessed to have a mom that, uh, that prayed over me. <clears throat> I'll get choked up talking about it, so I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I, I, my, my, mom, um, my mom was a prayer warrior for me growing up, so, um, and Lord knows I needed it. Uh, but she, uh, she was there for me, and, uh, and I know there's so many moms that uh, it's a, such a thankless job. I watch, I watch how my mom does with, with our kids. And moms pour so much out um, and don't have a whole lot poured back in sometimes. So thank you guys. Uh, I'm going to pray and then we'll get started here. God, I just, Lord, I want to thank you for, for who you are. God, thank you that, uh, that we, get to, we get to interact with you in this life, Lord. That, uh, that nothing that we experience in this life ever catches you by surprise. That you're, uh, you're in the midst of of the, the little things, the big things, and everything in between. Um, God, thank you for, uh, for placing mothers in our lives, God, for placing uh, people in our lives who, who care for us, that, uh, that are willing to pour out uh, and willing to, uh, to bathe their children in prayer. God, thank you for those moms. God, I pray that you, uh, you just go ahead of us in this message today, God, that you would get me out of the way, um, that your, your Holy Spirit would speak. And, uh, and God, if there's any walls built up in any of these people's lives today, God, that, that would keep them from, from hearing what you have to say, God, that you would just break those things down. We love you. We thank you for all that you do. In your name I pray. Amen. All right. So we've been going through, a uh, read through the Bible in a year. I'm, I'm going to use Bobby's Bible, and he's going to be mad at me when he gets in here at 1040. <laughs> but we've been going through a read through the Bible in a year. Um, and we are in First Chronicles now. Um, and uh, just in prepping for this, I've been, oh, he even marked the passages that I'm going to use. How about that? Uh, he, uh, in prepping for this, I was, I was kind of going back and reading through really the last week leading up to today's. And, um, and so Bobby told me about it's probably been a month and a half, two months ago, what I was going to be preaching on today. So I've had plenty of time to pre- prepare for it. Um, and, uh, and it was funny because whenever he, uh, when he put out the preaching schedule and I saw what I was supposed to be preaching today, I was like, man, there couldn't be a better passage for me to preach. <laughs> um, this is a, this is one of my favorite stories of David's life. Um, so we're going to start, uh, I, I, I titled this one, the Davidic covenant, uh, cause this is, this is about the covenant that, uh, that God made with David but in turn made with all of us. Um, and really, this is the new covenant. So you look at the Old Testament, there's the, there's the, uh, the Abrahamic covenant and the Mosaic covenant. Uh, and then you get into here in Second Chronicles, and it lays out the Davidic covenant. And this is him, him saying, uh, saying what he's getting ready to do that's going to affect the rest of the kingdom. So um, we're going to start in, in chapter 17. Uh, today's reading is actually in chapter 22, but, uh, but I'm going to backtrack a little bit. We're going to go to First uh, Chronicles 17. Uh, I lied. He doesn't have it marked. He had Second Chronicles marked. Uh, all right, so start. I'm, I'm just going to read through. There's pretty, kind of a lengthy passage here, but, uh, but I want you guys to hear this, and then, and then we'll go in and break it down. So uh, starting in verse, verse 1 and, verse seven, or in chapter 17, It says, when David had settled into his palace, 
He said to the prophet Nathan, Look, I am living in a cedar house while the ark of the Lord's covenant is under tent curtains. So Nathan told David, Do all that's on your mind, for God's with you. But that night the word of God came to Nathan. Go to David, my servant, and say, This is what the Lord says. You are not the one to build a house uh, to build me a house to dwell in. From the time I brought Israel out of Egypt until today, I've not dwelt in a house. Instead, I have moved from one tent site to another and from one tabernacle location to another. In all my journeys throughout Israel, have I ever spoken a word to even one of the judges of Israel who, who I commanded to shepherd my people, asking, why haven't you built me a house of cedar? So now this is what you were, say, you were to say to my servant David. This is what the Lord of armies says. I took you from the pasture, from tending the flock, to be a ruler over my people Israel. I've been with you wherever you have gone, and I've destroyed all your enemies before you. I will make a name for you like that of the greatest on the earth. I'll designate a place for my people Israel and plant them so that they may live there and not be disturbed again. Evildoers will not continue to oppress them as they have done ever since the day I ordered judges to be over my people Israel. I will also subdue all your enemies. Furthermore, I declare to you the Lord himself will build a house for you. When your time comes to be with your fathers, I will raise up after you your descendant who is one of your own sons, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for me, and I will establish his throne forever. I will be his father, and he will be my son. I will not move my faithful love from him as I removed it from the one who has been before you. I will appoint him over my house and my kingdom forever, and his throne will be established forever. Nathan reported all these words uh, and this entire vision to David. So, uh, so David... David's king of Israel, and uh, and he's he's in his palace. He's got. I'm gonna trip over this. He he's in his palace, and he's he's in this this the best of what they had to offer for that day. He's he finds himself in in this this rich palace with with everything that he could pretty much hope for in the time that he was living in, and. Rather than sitting back and reclining in his chair and going, man, I got this. This is, this is pretty awesome. He looks at what he's, what he's sitting in and he goes, man, here I am sitting in this palace and God's house is in a tent. We, you, you, if you read through the Old Testament, you, you see the tabernacle moved with the Israelites wherever they went. And there's this tent that, that had the Holy of Holies in it. Uh, and that was God's dwelling place. So David looks at his position, he looks at his current position, and he goes, man, I'm, I'm so blessed to be where I'm sitting right now, but, but God's living in a tent. I want to build him a temple. I want to build him a house and build it from the, the best stuff that, that this world has to offer because he deserves way better than living in a tent. Um, so he, so he's, he's prepping towards that, and he goes to Nathan, and he's like, hey, Nathan, this is what I'm thinking. And Nathan's like, yeah, that, dude, that's, that sounds right on. I think God will honor that. And then Nathan goes back, and he starts, you know, he he's, goes back to his house and, and says the word of the Lord came to him and, and told him to go tell David that that wasn't going to happen, that, that his son was going to be the one to build the temple. So... Um, what stuck out to me in this story is, is David's heart in it, right? So David's, David's looking at 
all that lays around him. He's looking at all, of, all that, that God has blessed him with. David, David was a warrior. I mean, like, you, you, right before this, coming into 1 Chronicles 17, David has, um, is, is trying to bring the Ark of the Covenant back into Jerusalem. And, um, and it talks about all these military achievements that he has and how he's going out and he's conquering all these nations around them. And God's just giving him victory after victory after victory. And then he comes and he, he's like, he, he finds the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant and he's like, we're going to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. And he's bringing it back in and he's celebrating as he's going. And it t- talks about the celebration being so much that the, that the earth shook. And it talks about him him celebrating and dancing with all of his might before the Lord, even to being ashamed in his own eyes. Uh, so David's heart is after God. He's going, you know, I want, I want what God wants for, for the nation of Israel. I want God, what God wants for my life. And, and he's surrounding everything that he does around that. Rather than living in his little palace and, and, and just soaking everything in like the kings before him did, he's going, me and my house will serve the Lord. And his house was Israel, right? So, so he's, he's trying to lead the Israelites in that. And then he, he decides to build this temple. And Nathan comes back and tells him, you're not going to be the one to do it. Your son is. Um, that passage in itself right there is a prophecy about Christ to come. So, so you, look at, you look at that scripture, and yes, it looks like, I mean, if, you, if you read this in context and you read, you're reading through here and you see what happens with Solomon, Solomon does go on to build the temple. His son, Solomon, is the one to go on and build the temple. But when you read through this passage of scripture, this is a prophecy about Jesus. He's, he's talking about what's going to come from here. He's, he's saying, I'm going to build an everlasting covenant. This, this, is, this is better than what you had before. This is better than, than the Abrahamic covenant and the Mosaic covenant. This is something that's going to last forever, for all of eternity. And I'm, I'm going to set up one from your line who's going to be that. King of kings and Lord of lords, sitting on high over everything. Um, it's crazy because when God speaks... A lot of times what follows God speaking is a counterfeit of what God said. I'm kind of going off my notes a little bit here. So this, this, is, uh, this is not going to be on the screen here. Um, a lot of times what God, when God speaks, what follows God speaking is a counterfeit of what he said. That's because the enemy doesn't want <laughs> what, what God has in store for us to come to pass. So if he can come up and, and disrupt and, um, and sidetrack us from what God has for us and get us focused on something else, then he's going to do that to the best of his ability. And we see that in this passage because because Nathan comes back and he lays out this prophecy of Christ to come who's going to be from the offspring of David. And then what follows is Solomon. And if you know anything, if you've read the story of Solomon, Solomon's, in, Solomon's life ends in idol worship. He, he, he's, he's one of the wisest men who's ever lived, right? And he, and he, and he leads Israel into a time of prosperity 
But in the end, he ends up in idol worship and leading the entire nation of Israel into idol worship. So, so when you read through this passage of Scripture, don't miss that. That's a sidebar. Now I'm going to get back to my notes. <laughs> right? So the first point for today is assess your current position with humility and gratitude. So look at David. David David's the, the king of Israel. Um, and, and not just the king of Israel. He had the whole backing of Israel. Everybody came behind him and was like, yes, let's make this dude king. He's the right man for the job. We support, we support David. And they all came alongside and boosted him up as king of Israel. So, so yes, he's, um, he's, he's king of Israel and he, he's got the support of Israel. He's living in this nice palace. He's got everything around him that he, that he could need. Um, but he leads from a position of humility and he looks at his circumstances with gratitude. So, so I want to go back to that first, uh, go back to that first verse, Kylie. Um, so in verse one, it says, when David had settled into his palace, he said to the prophet Nathan, look, I'm living in a cedar house while the ark of the Lord's covenant is under a tent, under tent curtains. Um, he's, he's, he's got all the right to be living in this palace because he's the king of Israel. Um, but he looks at his circumstances there with gratitude to God. He's going, man, God placed me here. And everything that I have and everything that I am should be to glorify him. So why is it that I'm living in this palace with, with cedar walls and, and, and gold ornate stuff and, a, and a, this, this nice throne and crown? Actually, just, ta- just a couple chapters before that, it talks about how he, they had conquered this nation and he had taken this crown from this king that weighed 17 pounds of gold that he had on his head might have even been 75 pounds of gold, wasn't it? Uh, so uh, I was reading through that this week, and I was thinking, man, could you imagine, could you imagine taking a, uh, even a 45-pound weight? So I go to the gym, right? Could you imagine taking a 45-pound weight and setting it on top of your head, uh, sitting, on, sitting on a throne with a 75-pound gold crown on your head, Right? So, so here he is, this king of Israel with a 75-pound gold, gold crown on his head. Uh, and, he, and he's living in all of this. And he, and he goes, man, God's in a tent. we got to build him a temple. So what follows that, that in my brain, looking, looking at all of this, and I'm reading through this, this passage of Scripture, I'm like, man, he's, he's, he's humbled himself down from his position of king and gone, who's the real king? God's the real king. He's taken a position of gratitude in that he's going, man, God is the one that took me here. Uh, and it's even in what Nathan says, to, even in what God says back to him through Nathan. He says, you know, I took you out of the pasture. He was, he was, a, he was a shepherd boy for his father's sheep. Took him out of, took him out of the pasture. He was, he was the last chosen son <laughs> to, to, to be brought in front of uh, Samuel for uh, to to be the anointed king, right? So, so they actually had to go back out and pull him in. That that's how lowly he was in his family, and and so so God says all this back to him in this prophecy, and he, and he goes, "You, know, I took you out of the pasture and I placed you in this position." 
Um, but, but, God, but David understands that. Um, and he surrounds himself with godly counsel. So, so when you look at what comes from that, he, he, he goes, when he has this idea of, I'm going to build this temple, he goes to Nathan, who's his advisor, and he goes, hey, Nathan, here's what I'm thinking. God's living in this tent right now. I want to build in this temple. And, he, and Nathan's like, that sounds like a great idea. And then he goes back and he gets, the, gets that prophecy and he comes back to him. That speaks volumes of Nathan. Nathan comes in and he goes, yes, that seems, that seems like God's heart, right? Like that, that seems like God's, it would be God's will for God to be glorified, right? Um, and then he goes back and prays about it and centers himself up with the will of the Father. And God speaks to Nathan and says, hey, David's not going to be the one. Solomon following him is going to be the one to build me the temple. Um, so that requires Nathan to be in a spiritual place to be able to hear and understand. Um, so David has surrounded himself by advisors who, who are leading in wisdom and in godly counsel. So for us as believers, whatever position we find ourselves in, um, looking, at our, looking at our situation from a place of humility and from a place of gratitude for what God's given us is, is, is first, first position to put yourself in. God, what do you, you put me here and you've blessed me beyond what I could ever deserve. And then you surround yourself by people who are going to encourage you and, and lead you in the right direction in wisdom and godly counsel. Uh, and David had done that. So go to the third point there, Kylie. So, uh, Align yourself with the will of the Father and get to work. So, uh, so Dave, David hears this message from Nathan, and he goes, uh, you know, it, it could have been, his response could have been like, well, why? You know, wh- you know what, what have I done wrong? <laughs> or, you know, he could have, could have gone to self-deprecation and been like, you know, man, obviously I'm, I'm, I've done something wrong because God doesn't want to accept this gift that I want to give him. He could, he could have gone a million different directions with it, but he doesn't. He goes to praise and if you read, you read the, the second half of, uh, of chapter 17, it's that. It's David's, it's David's prayer of thanksgiving back to God. And he's going, he's going God, let it be so. You, know, it, you, you say that from me is going to be a line. It, it, from me is going to be somebody who you're going to set up to be the king, the king of kings. Um, you want to honor me like that. That's crazy. So God let it be so, and he aligns himself with that. And then that's what brings us to today's reading. So in today's reading, we're in, verse, we're in chapter 22. And in chapter 22, David's preparing the temple. So God told him, you're not going to be the one to build the temple. But he didn't tell him he couldn't prepare the stuff for it, right? So, so David looks at his circumstances, and he goes, he goes, you know what? God wants to bless me, and he wants to bless my line. I need to make sure that what follows me, that who follows me, is prepared for what God has for them. I need to make sure that, that my son Solomon, who's going to be the next to step up into the role of king of Israel, is equipped to do what God has for him. So, so all, of verse 20, or all of chapter 22 is David making provisions for that. He goes, it, says, it says in there that he... Uh, 
It says, he, he supplied a great deal of iron to make nails for the doors and gates for the fittings and, for, and, and together and with an immeasurable quantity of bronze. An immeasurable quantity of bronze. That's a lot of bronze. Um, so, so he collected so much iron and bronze and then it talks about um, an innumerable cedar logs. So he, he went and had this other, this other nation collect all of these cedar logs from, from Lebanon to, to build this temple with. And he's, and he's just piling up provisions and he's training the people around him. So when you get in later, when he's talking to Solomon, he goes to Solomon and he's like, hey, you've got all these gifted people around you who are equipped for what God's calling you to do. Use them. I've collected all of this stuff. God, God has provided all of this stuff through me for you to build this temple. So, so your mission is going to be to build God this temple, and it's not going to be like any other temple. This is going to have the best of the best in it because we're going to give God our first and our best with everything that we've got. We're going to give him what he deserves in this. Um, so he goes and he prepares all of this stuff, and I started thinking about that, and I was like, man, do we do that? Like, as, as, as God's people, do we... Do we step back and align ourselves with him? Do we step back and go, let me look at my position from a place of humility, put God on his throne and put me where I belong. Have I done that? Do I have an attitude of gratitude? Am I stepping in and going, Lord, I don't deserve any of this, but, you, but you've, placed, you've placed me in a position to be used for your kingdom. Have I surrounded myself by godly counsel? I start self-checking in that. And we should all do that when we go through Scripture and we see these bombs laid out. Of, of the, these, are like the, these are the champions of the faith. When we see these guys that God... I mean, it says David is a man after God's own heart in Acts. Are we being a people after God's own heart? In order to do that, we need to, we need to know what God's heart is. And we see a reflection of that through David in this moment. We see, we see it all throughout Scripture. When you go and read and you start breaking down Scripture and, and aligning yourself with, with God, we ought to be taking these things and applying them in our lives. We ought to be self-evaluating through, through the scriptural lens what God has for us. And I, and I feel like David modeled this really well for us in this passage. He's, he's set himself where he needs to be and put God on the throne. He surrounded himself by, by godly counsel. And then he didn't just sit in that. He didn't just sit in this head knowledge of, hey, the one that comes after me is going to be the one to build the temple. He used the gifts that God gave him, the influence that God gave him, the resources that God gave him, he used everything that God placed in his care to set up the next guy to do what his heart was to do. He humbled himself. He stepped back and he went, you know what? It's even more of a gift that I get to pour myself out to see this happen with somebody who comes after me. And he spent the rest of his life doing it. You get to the end of David's life. He's, from, from that point to the end of David's life was, was providing provision 
for Solomon to build the temple. I have a, uh, I have a discipleship group that meets on Tuesday mornings, and we were, we were talking about this story because I read this a you know, few weeks ago. Uh, and uh, when my wife and I first got married, I was, I, was really, uh, I was really fired up towards mission stuff. And I was like, man, I, 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 just, I would love to go and share the gospel with the tribal people. Um, I just had this heart for that. And, um, and my wife, when I met my wife, uh, we got, when we got together and we're dating, that's all we talked about. We're like, you know, when we, when we get married and, and we, and we go step out into life together, um, wouldn't it be cool if we could go and do something like that? Um, we got married and circumstances happened, right? So we, we got married and we, we ended up with $30,000 of debt that we didn't know about because of some school stuff that, uh, that showed up at our doorstep from, from my wife's schooling. Um, we spent the next three years trying to pay that off so that we could go. In that next three years, we had two kids. Uh, so, so our family started growing. And then before we knew it, we had four. Uh, and, and we're like, man, now we can't go. <laughs> like, like, for us to be able to, to manage all of this and, and still be able to make that happen, and, and it was, it was kind of disheartening. Well, my son... Uh, Karis, uh, David's, uh, David's niece, came and, and spoke a couple weeks ago, and, um, and she's a missionary, and she was talking about this young generation's getting fired up for missions, and she was, she was just fiery and awesome, and, and God was obviously at work in her. She went over and spoke to the youth, and my son was over there. Uh, my son came back to me, and he's like, hey, missions is where it's at. <laughs> he's, like, he's just like talk, talking it up, and he's like, the week following that, he comes back to me, he's like, man, like every time I turn around, God is saying something about missions, and it's like, just, he's firing this up in my son now, and, and I, I read through this scripture right after that, and I went, man, is that what this is about? You know, did, did God fire that up in my heart so that I could be the one to set my son up for success, so that he could go out and do this thing that God placed in my heart? right? Like, that's so much more of a blessing than me going out and going to do that myself. Um, but it's, uh, man, you won't understand that unless you're a father or a mother. <laughs> uh, so, um, but, but I look at this through that, and I go, you know what, Dave, that's what happened with David. David's going, you know, God, I want, I want to honor you with my life, and I, and I, and I, I, I see this way that that I can give anything to the king of, what do you give to the God that created everything that we know? You know, like, like I think about that every Christmas when we, when we're, when we're pulling together gifts and stuff for our family, I'm going, what do you give to the king of kings? He has everything. He owns a thousand, you know, cattle on a thousand hills. He, he created everything that I've ever seen. What do we give him? Ourselves. Yeah, somebody just said it. We, we get, we give him ourselves. He, cre- he created us on purpose for a purpose, and our purpose is to glorify Him with, our, with everything that we are. Everything that He placed inside of us, all of the gifts that God has given us and, and, and built up inside of us are to be used for advancing His kingdom and bringing Him glory. And we see that here in this scripture, and it's just, it's such a good, it's such a good message of that and such a good uh, example for us to follow in so align yourself with the will of the father and get to work david got to work 
He started looking around him at the resources that he had available to him, the influence that he had, and he, and he started reaching out and setting Solomon up for the future. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that we use here in leadership development is a, it's an acronym, it's a SERVE acronym. Uh, and, and part of that is, I'll just lay it all out. So it says, see the future, engage and develop others, reinvent continually, value relationships over results, and embody the values. Part of our job as leaders, and we're all leaders in our own right, we all have influence in our lives, is to see the future and then engage and develop other people. And David does that right here. David looks, looks out ahead into what God's revealed to him, and he sees the future of what's to come, and he goes, okay, so my job now is to come alongside and equip. My job is to come alongside Solomon, make sure that, and he even prays wisdom over Solomon in this. In, in this passage, when he's, when he's talking to Solomon in, in chapter 22, uh, he, he's, uh, he even prays wisdom over him. He's talking about him being a, uh, a wise leader in it. Um, I don't have the scripture pulled up right here. But, um, but he even prays that over him. And if you know Solomon's story, Solomon's prayer and why God blesses Solomon the way that God blesses him is because when he, he tells Solomon, hey, I'll give you anything you want, basically. And Solomon's prayer is, let me be a wise leader. Like, and God honored that. David spoke that blessing over Solomon before Solomon ever even prayed that prayer. So even, even Solomon in the early stages of his, his leadership there was aligning himself with God's will instead of his own. And that's what we should do as believers. So my challenge to you guys is that. Pull, pull up pr- biblical principles. Read through the scripture. If you're not doing the read through the Bible and your thing, jump in with us. There's, there's so much truth that comes out in the scripture if you're paying attention, look at things from God's perspective. Look at, look at things from the different angles that God speaks to us. Uh, align yourself with his will. He, he speaks truth all through it, and then practice it. Put, put what God's given you to work for the kingdom. God, I just want to thank you for who you are. God, thank you for every single person that's in this place. Um, God, thank you that... Uh, that you're a God who sees us, a God that, that lays everything out ahead of us. You're a God that, that breathes out life with a word you spoke, everything that we know into existence. You've given us so much more than we could ever hope for or repay you for. You said that if your people who bear your name would humble themselves, pray and seek your face and turn from their evil ways, then you'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. Your eyes will be open and your ears will be attentive to the prayers of your people. So God, see us. We're going to take a minute to pray. God, see us. You guys can go ahead and start playing. See us where we are today, God. Speak. God, we want to align ourselves with your will. We want, we want for us to be a reflection of you to the world around us. We want to take the gifts that you've placed inside of us and put them to use for your kingdom. God, not our will be done, but yours be done. So 
So everybody, just, just, clo- just, just close your eyes and pray for a minute. Align yourself with the Father. Think, of, think about yourself in the perspective of, uh, from God's eyes, where he's placed you, what he's gifted you with. Take, take a heart of gratitude towards the Father in that.